You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, here on the America Out Loud Network. I'm your host, Randy Sutton, 34-year police veteran, founder of the Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. And on this show, we talk about all things law enforcement. And we hope that you get a lot out of this show. I'm easily found on Facebook at The Voice of American Law Enforcement. And now let's get right into our show. There is so much to talk about. And I got to get my aspirin out again because the insanity facing law enforcement officers just continues and continues and continues. Um, the, the viol- I want to talk about violence towards law enforcement. That's, that's the key to this show right now. The, the violence towards law enforcement seems to be not only, not only uh, getting worse, but being accepted as the norm by the media, by politicians, and I'm afraid even by the police. You simply cannot go one day anymore without seeing a report of an officer being shot or being killed. It's happening, in fact, it's happening uh, some days multiple times. Multiple times. I'm going to read you a few headlines. Literally, that that I just pulled off off the police news websites just just this week, just in the last few days. Here's one. Union. Mob pummeled, choked, kicked New Jersey cops trying to make arrest. Police officials said the suspect's brothers arrived at the scene and, quote, physically interfered with the arrest. I'm going to go a little deeper on this one because there's a point that I want to make. A union head said a violent scene played out in Newark Tuesday afternoon when multiple officers attempting to make an arrest were attacked and injured by a group of assailants. Two Newark police officers and a detective from the Essex County Prosecutor's Office were patrolling the area of Faden Place in Cyprus at about 1.30 p.m. in response to recent gun violence when they approached approached a group of men on the street and attempted to stop one man who was suspected of gun possession. this came from the Newark Public Safety Director, Brian O'Hara. I want, I want you to remember that, okay? This, that particular part of this report came from the public, Newark Public Safety Director, Brian O'Hara. Two brothers of the suspect came to the scene and, quote, physically interfered, unquote, with the arrest, and officers called for backup. Two officers were injured while attempting to make the arrest. The officers were taken to the university hospital. Now. Here's from the Fraternal Order of Police. James Stewart, President, Newark Fraternal Order of Police, described the alleged incident in more detail. He said three officers working in Newark were set upon by a mob of people while trying to make the arrest. Our officers were pummeled to the ground, kicked in the head, and choked. Body-worn cameras were forcibly removed and smashed to the ground by the suspects. uh, Stewart said all three officers were injured and hospitalized. Now, O'Hara, the public safety director, refused to comment on how the officers were injured. But here's what he said. 
And this is the point that I want to make here. This is the quote. After three officers were pummeled and hospitalized by a group of thugs while trying to make an arrest. This is what he said. Quote, I am especially thankful that the officers involved were very intentional about resolving the incident as peacefully as possible. They were clearly in danger, but because of their exceptional restraint, not one of the suspects involved was injured. Are you kidding me? Three cops are hospitalized and he wants to commend them for letting them get their asses kicked when the, we know why. We know why. Because he and the people like him that are in positions of authority would have screwed them to the wall had they acted in the ways that they were actually trained, which is to defend themselves and use the force necessary to get themselves out of this jam and make the arrest. So when I read something like that, I know exactly what's going on, and you probably do too. What they're saying, what this this guy is the head of the police department. He should be outraged. He should be saying to his cops, you, you do what's necessary when your life is in danger, and clearly all of these three cops' lives were in danger. And to, to come out with a statement like that, I, that makes me nauseous. It makes me sick. Because he's part of the problem. He's not the solution. And as police leaders, and I'm using my fingers to do air quotes on that word leader, it's people like that that are putting our officers into jeopardy more and more and more. Let me read you a few headlines. This is all in the last few days. Three Texas cops shot during welfare check in Flower Mound, Texas. Three Flower Mound police officers were shot by a suicidal suspect while responding to a welfare check, leading to a 10-hour standoff. Three cops shot. A couple days later, North Carolina Sheriff's deputy shot serving eviction notice. A Wake County Sheriff's deputy was shot is in serious condition while attempting to serve an eviction notice in Raleigh. Now, this one, this one is, is just going to make, it made me lose my mind. Um, body cam shows kids shooting at deputies with an AK-47 and shotgun. This is all in the last few days. This is in Volusia County, Florida. This is one of the most incredible, heartbreaking stories of a system that is broken, a criminal justice system that is broken. Volusia County officials released a body cam and helicopter video of a 12-year-old boy and 14-year-old girl who had run away from a juvenile facility. And they here's what happened to them. They, they, they um, broke out of this, of this um, religious-based group home which they probably shouldn't have been sentenced to anyway, considering their in, intense criminal histories. They broke out, and they broke into a house. Well, the cops were looking for them because the, the boy is a serious diabetic. If he doesn't get his medication, 
he's going to go into, into serious medical issues, right? So the police are looking around in the neighborhood, and a neighbor heard glass breaking at a house and, and figured that somebody broke into the house, flagged down one of the police officers and told him, hey, I think somebody broke into that house. They contacted the homeowner, and luckily this cop was smart enough to, to be very, very tactical. Before he entered the home, even though he found, he found where the entry point was, he waited for backup to get there. Now, they contacted the homeowner, and the homeowner warned him. He said, listen, nobody's supposed to be in that house, so if, 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 if somebody's in there, uh, be very careful because I have an AK-47, I have a shotgun, I have pistols and ammunition in there. Thank God he warned those officers. As the officers are surrounding the house and calling in, trying to get the, the kids to surrender, suddenly they are met with a barrage of gunfire. Now, this isn't just a couple shots. This is, this is sustained fire from numerous weapons from various vantage points in the house. That's the tactics that this 12-year-old and this 14-year-old were using on the police to try to kill the police. The officers, surprisingly, and I get it, I certainly understand why, they just stayed in positions of cover. And they let these, these, these criminal punks open fire on them, still trying to negotiate their way out of this, this, this highly dangerous situation. Well, they tried to, to negotiate with them. They at one point threw a phone in there trying to get the, the, the kids to talk to them. And that's when the girl walks out of the garage with a shotgun and opens fire on, a, on the police, at which point they opened fire back and shot her. She's in critical condition. Well, the 12-year-old little, little puke that was shooting at them Oh, suddenly sees his, his Bonnie and Clyde partner go down and realizes, oh shit, this isn't a video game, is it? And surrenders. What are these kids thinking? Where are they getting the idea at 12 years old and 14 years old that it's okay to engage the police in a gunfight? In a gunfight? There is something seriously wrong with their system. Well, the Volusia County Sheriff who is a, a, an incredible guy, Mike Chitwood is his name. I've had the, the pleasure of talking to him before. He came out with, and, and I, I urge you to, to look up Mike Chitwood under, you know, the police shootout, uh, because he gave an incredible press conference. And I mean to tell you, Chitwood does not hold back, not one little bit. He called out the system. He called out the, the judges for allowing this this girl who was a violent, violent offender to be placed into this home. By the way, this home apparently had in one year almost 300 calls for service. And he, he said that this, that this place is just um, a, a bastion of criminal activity. So, but still, the, the court keeps putting kids into this place. Instead of putting them into into juvie jail where they belong, but Chitwood came out and he didn't he didn't he didn't hold anything back. So I urge you to take a look at that. But 
okay, so we have we have kids shooting at cops. We have police officers shot in North Carolina. Police officers shot in Texas. Police officers shot uh, literally more, multiple times a day now. More than forty have been murdered in the line of duty. And and what do we see? What do we see from our politicians on this? We don't even see it being being talked about. All we do see from our politicians is trying to figure out another way to get revenge against the police and make it harder and harder to do the job and make it harder and harder for, for police departments to find recruits because nobody wants to join in this, in this current environment. There was just a, a newspaper article here in Las Vegas. Now, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, one of the finest departments in the country, has, has of course, um, been hiring, uh, trying to hire, to keep up with the pace of retirements and attrition, etc. But get this, they just announced that they are almost 60% down in applicants. And, and, and we in Las Vegas haven't seen any of the major unrest. We haven't seen any of the defund the police. As far as an environment goes, Las Vegas has been very, very supportive of law enforcement. So if this is happening in a community that is supportive of law enforcement, what the hell is going on in all these other cities? New York, uh, Milwaukee, Portland, Seattle, L.A., St. Louis. The, the recruitment rates are, are to the point where how are they going to re- replenish the ranks of the cops who are who are simply given up or retiring or just leaving americaoutloud.com is the alternative from the agenda driven globalist here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations on-demand podcast or real-time talk radio with our streaming apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one a day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Everybody is shopping online now, right? Everybody is, is going and getting their wares because it's convenient, it's easier. But here's the problem. I don't like giving my money to companies that simply don't 
go along with the values that I believe are important. I value patriotism. I value love of country. I value our police. I value our army and our navy and our military. I believe that these are really important values. And unfortunately, a lot of the big players in online shopping, they don't. They Instead, they, they promote a bunch of, of, of activists that, that truly do not even like our country. I don't like it. So, I, but, you know, what else are you going to do? There's pretty much just been one game in town. Well, that's changing right now. That's changing because now there is ShopToTheRight.com. Now, ShopToTheRight.com is a new endeavor, but it is, it is gaining traction for shopping online and putting your, your wares online if you are a business and, and looking for customers that care about the country, that care about patriotism, care about values that the most of us uh, do share. And, and, and it really comes down to this. Do you want to give your money to companies that promote organizations that actually sometimes even call for the overthrow of our nation? Not me. I don't want to. Well, I never had much of a choice, but now we do. ShopToTheRight.com. You've got to check it out. Whether you are shopping or you are selling and you're a company, check it out. ShopToTheRight.com. Tell them Randy sent you. I want to tell you about an organization that I'm going to ask you to support. It's called The Wounded Blue. And you can see it at thewoundedblue.org. They are the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. Now, by uh, I have to tell you the truth, and that is that I am the founder of that organization and the national director. What do they do? They provide peer support for injured and disabled officers all over the United States. They have a team of dedicated police officers all who have been shot or stabbed or beaten or run over or faced psychological trauma, and they know exactly what these men and women are going through today. It's free, of course, because this is a national nonprofit charitable organization. They don't take any fees. Nobody makes any money on this deal. This is just about helping those men and women who have sacrificed so much for their communities and their country. Check it out at thewoundedblue.org. Your support is is really needed. These men and women uh, have been abused in ways you can't even imagine. In fact, if you got a moment, go to Amazon.com and look at our documentary film called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You will be shocked. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org, and support these men and women. Thank you. If you've listened to this show, you've heard this before, but I'm telling you now... There's going to be a party going on in Las Vegas on October 30th for cops, for ex-cops, for retired cops, for people that like cops, people that support cops. It is going to be the Brothers in Blue Bash, October 30th at the fabulous Ahern Hotel here in Las Vegas. This is going to be a fundraising event for the Wounded Blue which of course is the national association that helps injured and disabled officers all over the nation. But this is going to be a blast. Great food, great entertainment. You're going to see some people that you will love. 
I'm not even going to tell you their names because it's a secret. If you want to know, you got to come. Uh, there's going to be entertainment. There's going to be um, some amazing speakers. We're going to be giving out some awards to some really deserving people. You want to be here. Cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's 95 bucks a person, and you get food, you get drinks, you get entertainment, and you get to support the Wounded Blue, and you get to support cops all over this country. So check it out at thewoundedblue.org, or if you're on Facebook, you're probably on Facebook, right? So you can get your tickets right there at, at our Facebook page, Brothers in Blue Bash. Or you can contact me, Randy Sutton. That's easy, right? Randy at thewoundedblue.org, and we'll get you tickets right out. So check out the Brothers in Blue Bash. Don't miss this. And if you're a cop or um, a retired cop, check out the Law Enforcement Survival Summit that's going to be taking place a couple days prior to leading into this event because this is going to be the training opportunity of a lifetime. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org or our Facebook page, Brothers in Blue Bash. And I want to see you there. Let's talk about what what political leaders are, are doing. How are they leading here? Well, listen to this headline because this will tell this this will say quite a bit. Now, Milwaukee has been has been a hotbed of anti-law enforcement rhetoric and politics literally for the last few years. The Milwaukee cops feel like they have been abandoned by their leadership and here's why. Milwaukee, this is a headline Milwaukee approves memorial for suspect who stole cop's baton and beat him with it. You heard me right. The Milwaukee County Board of Supervisors has voted to pay $3,000 to pay for a memorial bench honoring a suspect who stole a Milwaukee police officer's baton and beat him with it seven years ago. Now, in, in addition to the bench honoring Dontre Hamilton, who was fatally shot by the officer during the violent attack, the contribution approved by the county supervisors will also be used to purchase a plaque about the impact his life made in the community and on mental health issues. Here's what, I'm just, I'm, it makes me sick. Here's the quote, Dontre Hamilton, was a man giving, given to us to inspire, motivate, encourage, strengthen, love, and so much more, the plaque will read. Every day he continues to manifest within our lives to keep us united and strong, not only as a community, but as a family to uplift us, to continue our fight towards justice. Oh, my God. God in heaven. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine that the Milwaukee morons, the supervisors, good God in heaven, these are the leaders of the community. This is the political leadership of this city. I'm, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to call this a th not a memorial, but a thugorial. I, what do you think? You like that name? Kind of like, kind of like what was placed um, 
in Michael Brown's neighborhood, right? Remember Michael Brown, the guy who, who started all of this nonsense when he committed a robbery and then tried to disarm a police officer and was shot and killed and, and became the fictional hero of hands up, don't shoot, which never actually happened. Remember that? Well, he's got a thug Oriole too, um, down in uh, down in Ferguson. So that's what that's my new name for things like this, thug Orioles. I wonder if I can I wonder if I can patent that or I need an intellectual property attorney. Thug Oriole, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. This is now the the police officer was forced to shoot and kill this suspect who was beating him to death with a baton, which which he took during a fight for his life, right? The officer's in a fight for his life. Gets disarmed of his baton and does the only thing that, that he could do, and that is save his own life by using deadly force. And the Milwaukee County, their Milwaukee County Board of Supervisors decides to pay money to memorialize the life of the guy who tried to kill the police. What, what, what's, what's going on here, folks? What's going on here? You know, why we talk about, why we're talking about politics and politicians. You, you know, most of the insanity that's taking place in the, in the, um, in the world of increased violence in our cities. I mean, quite literally, every major city has seen um, abnormally large spikes in violent crime, murder, shootings, uh, aggravated assaults. I, I mean, in some cases, it's over 100%. And of course, we know the reason for that. Because of the liberal leftist mentality of people like the Milwaukee uh, Board of uh, County Board, who decide to play love-a-thug as opposed to create an environment of safety for their communities by allowing the police to be the police. Instead, declare war on the cops, make doing their jobs absolutely impossible, and then punish them for every possible thing that they could punish them for. And generally speaking, we see these in, and, and, and believe me, I am an apolitical guy. I truly am. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. And I don't, I don't listen to the dogma of anyone. I, I gauge my political thoughts based on what I see. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not beholden to a particular party. But I can't, I can't avoid the reality that most of these major cities that are seeing the, the, this anti-law enforcement um, insanity where the crime is through the roof and, and victims are being, are, victimology is just, they don't even care about the victims. Um, and they're in democratically controlled cities. I, 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 listen, I'm not, it's not because I'm talking about political rhetoric here. I'm just pointing out the facts. St. Louis, who is, who is now, they've just elected a mayor who, who was elected on the platform of defunding the police. A city that is seeing incredible amounts of violent crime. Incredible amounts of violent crime. Instead of going getting elected on, I'm going to make the streets safer, by, by giving our police the ability to police, no. 
And I, it, my, and I scratched my head at the fact that people put her in office based on this political, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, th- this, this political manifestation that she is putting forth. Let's defund the police. Let's make it even more dangerous for you to live in our community. Elect me. And, and they do. And they do. So this is the environment that we're, they're working on. So we got a, de- she's a Democrat, of course. Um, you go to, you go to Portland, which is like the most insane place I've ever seen for law enforcement. Literally, every single day and every single night, there are anti-law enforcement protests. Cops are being victimized all the time. The, the city of Portland allows this. They, they basically do a, uh, you know, they, they pretend that they're going to do something, but they basically tie the cops' hands and don't let them really go and do what they should be doing. So we got Portland, Seattle, Seattle. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God, Seattle. Um, they, they're so anti-law enforcement, their government, it's, 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 it, it's mind-boggling. And, of course, they're seeing murders through the roof and aggravated assaults. Um, so you see where I'm going here is, is the reality is that most of these governments, city governments and, and counties where um, we're seeing these incredible spikes in crime and you know, literally the, a body count rising all over are democratically controlled. But... In, in, in deference to the Democrats, you don't have to have a D behind your name to be a dumbass and make, and make ridiculous law enforcement decisions. Because here's one, here's a story out of Lansing, Michigan. I, I'm just, here's, listen, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, sometimes I, I really look at the headlines and I sit here with my mind racing at, at the at the stupidity of, of politicians. Listen to this headline. Michigan police could be could lose their jobs unless they spend two plus years on martial arts training under proposed law. Yeah, okay, here's the story. Michigan lawmakers are considering a bill that would that would require law enforcement officers to earn at least a blue belt in in Brazilian jiu-jitsu or lose their jobs. Now, the average (coughs) excuse me, the average training time needed to obtain a blue belt is between two and three years, according to MMA Life. All right, let's go into this, okay? House Bill 4525 is the brainchild of Representative Ryan Berman, a Republican from District 39, would require all sworn law enforcement officers working in the state of Michigan on or before January 1st, 2023, to earn their blue belt by January 1st, 2025, in order to keep their jobs. <laughs> 
Examples of such training would include being a licensed professional mixed martial arts fighter, wrestling for a high school varsity team, or earning a brown belt in judo. Current officers would be required to get themselves trained on their off time in the event the training program wasn't offered to them by their department on an on-duty basis. Now, the bill only requires... Now, okay, so listen to this. The bill only requires the departments to provide four hours of such training per year. And that training may not even be accessible to offers in less populated areas or officers who work during times when local training, uh, training classes are held. So what they're saying, what these politicians are saying, if you don't get your blue belt in jujitsu, and you lose your, your job. You got to be a mixed martial artist now in order to become a cop or keep your job as a cop. But we're not actually going to give you the training for it. We want you to do that on your off-duty time and pay for it besides. Now, so when I say that Republicans don't, um, um, you know, may, may not be part of the problem, uh, I'm, I'm way, way not saying that, okay? I don't want you to think I'm, I'm saying that. Because here is a prime example of another dumbass politician throwing some ridiculous type of law, trying to pass a law that would require cops to do something as ridiculous. Now, do I believe that, that police officers should, should have great training? Yes. So don't think I don't call out everybody who is using their political power to push ludicrous agendas on law enforcement every every I, everything from from the bill the George Floyd I forget what they they're calling it the the US government is trying to put forth an, you know the, the George Floyd bill which will do everything it possibly can to make cops lives more miserable uh, there's so much there's so much going on that politicians are are playing let, let me let me go over a few things okay because this is what the this is what our law enforcement officers around the country have to deal with when I say I was on Fox News the other day and we were talking about the uh, the the war on cops basically, and and I came up with what I believe this is what I believe is taking place that the left has developed a strategy, and they are implementing this strategy. I'm calling it the triple D strategy. That is defunding, demoralizing, and dehumanizing the police officers of this country, and. When I say the triple D strategy, here's how they're doing it. So first of all, I mean, defunding, we know. Defunding, we're seeing it in, like I said, the, the mayor, the new mayor of St. Louis got elected on the platform of defunding. New York City, there's mayoral candidates right now. God, thank God de Blasio's termed out. But are, are they going to elect another idiot? Are, are they going to elect another moron? I mean, 
hell, they were elected uh, AOC, for God's sake, right, for, for uh, Congress. So if, if, if they can, we see cities around the country who are electing officials or allowing elected officials to defund the police. We saw it in L.A., we saw it in New York. We saw it in Portland. We saw it in Seattle. We saw it. We're seeing it everywhere. If they're not, and or if, if they're not saying the word defunding, they're calling it redirecting, but it means the same thing. So, the politicians are playing their role in this. But how about demoralizing? How about dehumanizing? I just spoke on on Fox once again about Amazon.com. Amazon is what what one of the biggest companies in the world well they're selling a, a a they're selling merchandise emblazoned with this phrase blue lives murder yeah blue lives murder that's what they're selling on their t-shirts and masks and and other clothing items and the NYPD detectives endowment or uh, the Texas Endowment Association called him out. Said, "Wait a minute, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're allowing this to be sold on your on your website and other other uh, police organizations demanded that they take it down. This is, and they refused. Amazon simply refuses. Oh, they they pay they pay they pay some lip service. Well, we uh." We don't uh, actually take stuff down. We, uh, we, we let people make comment. Well, if you actually try to review it, you, you, they won't allow you to review it. Yeah. Um, but they won't take it down. Police lives murder. So this is, this is one of the largest companies in the world. That's when I say demoralizing and dehumanizing, this is a perfect example. Cops are being demoralized. Cops are being dehumanized by a lot of different, a lot of different activities. And this is that's a that's a perfect example. I couldn't have I couldn't have come up with a better example. How else are they being demoralized? How else are they being dehumanized? Well, take the city of Berkeley. I know. I mean, you, all I have to do is say the city of Berkeley. You're probably rolling your eyes right now, going, "Well, hell, it's Berkeley, right?" Those those morons on that city council prohibit are prohibiting cops from enforcing quote low level violations unquote low level violations. So in essence, they're telling the cops, "Don't be cops. We won't support you if you become if you if you actually act like a cop and do what a cop does, which is enforce the laws." So there's there's one Berkeley. Then you got uh, you got this this idiotic police chief who who just made a headline because he's trying to teach his officers to shoot to incapacitate, shoot at a limb or a leg or an arm, and try and incapacitate instead of instead of shooting for center mass, which is what cops have been trained to do since time and memoriam because that's the only way to try and actually save their lives effectively. This this idiotic police chief is now telling his cops and opening up a Pandora's box of of uh, lawsuits 
against his cops. This is while they're ta- while they're trying to take qualified immunity and are taking qualified immunity away from cops all over the country. So you have a chief that's that's now open, literally creating an environment. If you put in a policy that you can shoot to incapacitate, and then you don't shoot to incapacitate, or if the guy is killed as a result, you've now literally handed that, whatever survivors, you may as well just write the check because you have now created the, the sublime opportunity for, um, for settlements. And, the, and, the, and who's going to suffer? Of course, it's going to be the officer. So that's another way of demoralizing the police. And that's coming from within. That's coming from a chief. Then you got you got a major news media like NBC airing video of a fatal police shooting of Makia Bryant, but they edited it. They edited it to make it look like the cop screwed up and the shooting was not justified, even though it was not only justified, the officer saved the life of someone else by using deadly force. But NBC edited the edited the, the, the film to make it look like the cop had, had just basically opened fire on this poor unsuspecting girl who just happened to be stabbing, so trying to stab someone to death. This is NBC. Demoralizing. Demoralizing. You got Oregon legislators uh, trying to pass laws prohibiting military equipment, prohibiting pepper spray to be used, or having to have permission from the mayor to use it when there's a riot. So cops are facing these, these violent mobs. They're being overrun, and they and they got to go at a Mayor, um, can we use pepper spray to defend ourselves here? This Oregon legislators, you know, this whole, let's talk about this, this whole military equipment nonsense that's being pushed by the left. And of course, by the way, by the Biden administration, trying to make it sound like the cops are militarized, they're, they're, they're buying bombs and, and, and guns and, and tanks. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. I love it when these liberal leftists scream about armored personnel carriers being given to a police department until you have an event like floods or mass shootings or a shooter in a, in a, in a nightclub like happened down in Florida, where the only way to get the people out was with an armored personnel carrier. Then suddenly, it's okay. But let's not actually allow them to have it. Let's, let's make it as difficult as humanly possible to allow them to get the equipment that they need. That's the idiocy of the left. And that's part of the demoralization and dehumanization that I talk about. Yet the oh the Illinois legislator legislature that is, they're the worst. The the state of Illinois has passed the worst 
set of, of laws I've ever, ever seen that I, I couldn't have even made up myself a group of laws that were more detrimental to law enforcement. It is unbelievable. At the same time they're screaming about, about the violent gun crime rate, what are they doing? They are trying to um, lower the penalties for using a gun in a crime. So one thing after another. Believe me, you know, we're running out of time here, but unfortunately, so unfortunately I'm going to have to cut it off there. But that's why, that's why we have this show, is to inform you of the realities, the truth about law enforcement in America. That's what this voice is about, the voice of American law enforcement here on Blue Lives Radio. As we celebrate our five-year anniversary, America Out Loud has expanded its mission through a newly designed website with a host of new contributors, all carrying a vibrant message of hope and survival for this country we love. AmericaOutloud.com. Together, we'll secure the future for generations to come. I have a special announcement that I'd like to make to all law enforcement officers, active and retired. There is going to be an incredible conference going to be put on by the Wounded Blue here in Las Vegas, October 28, 29, and 30th. I want to tell you about it because this is life-changing and possibly life-saving information. It is called the Law Enforcement Survival Summit, and it features some of the best and brightest speakers on every topic of surviving a law enforcement career. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple names. Look them up. These are, these are the best and brightest. Uh, the first that I would tell you about is Dr. Kevin Gilmartin, who wrote the, literally wrote the book, Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement Officers. It, he is a must-see for any cop and family member, quite honestly, um, who is uh, struggling with trying to understand the stresses and strains of a law enforcement career. I've got Jason Schechterly, the Phoenix police officer whose story of survival is absolutely amazing. Dave and Betsy Smith, some of you older guys might remember J.D. Buck Savage. Well, that's Dave Smith and his wife, uh, Betsy, who are two of the top trainers in physical tactics and street survival. The list goes on and on and on. And there's only 300 seats available here in Las Vegas. Plus, there's going to be some amazing entertainment, and it is followed by the Brothers in Blue Bash. So go to the website. That is, the website is www.thewoundedblue.org. You want to get your tickets quickly for this. Um, plus, the hotel is charging less than $100 per night to stay there at the same time. So check it out, the Law Enforcement Survival Summit. If you have one conference, one training opportunity this year, this is the one you want. Go to thewoundedblue.org and check out the Law Enforcement Survival Summit. To all my active duty officers or, or, or people who retired recently, probably the number one thing that was on your mind when you were deciding to retire or are deciding to retire is health care. 
I know that when I retired from the department, I was literally thrown off my, my department health care. And it was up to me to find something. And there is a company now that has just, uh, well, and I say just, they've been around a few years, but they have created a program of health care for officers that they can, they can sign up and be covered from the time that they retire until the time they go on Medicare. And, we, and that's often, you know, more than 10 years, right? But it's incredibly inexpensive and also incredibly universally uh, great coverage. I wish, I really truly wish that this had been available to me when I retired. It literally would have saved me more than $40,000. I'm, I'm not kidding. I can't. I, so it's really important that you check this out. ThinBlueLineBenefits.com. That's ThinBlueLineBenefits.com. It's real healthcare with real doctors who it, it, it's a great system and it is probably half the price of what I pay right now. Half the price. If I wasn't so close to having to go on Medicare, I would do it in an instant. So go to ThinBlueLineBenefits.com. You got to check it out. You will love me for sending you, and I want to hear about your experience. If you want to share that, and just you know, privately, at my uh, my uh, email, Randy at thewoundedblue.org. So check it out, thinbluelinebenefits.com. For my active duty officers out there, and actually for all of my officers out there, privacy is one of our biggest issues right now with the threats towards law enforcement increasing every single day with officers being doxxed, with officers being tracked down and harassed, you've got to defend yourself. Now, I had no idea, I had no idea how easy it is to find someone on the internet. There are literally websites out there that have all of your information and any puke in the world who's got, who can search a website can find you. You gotta defend yourself. I know that I'm doing that right now. And the only way is officerprivacy.com. It's officerprivacy.com. Here's what they do. You contract with them and the, it, the cost is minimal. It's a monthly cost. It's a, a, a one-time setup fee. Cheap, cheap, inexpensive, especially for what you get. And what you get is peace of mind. Officerprivacy.com goes through all of these websites and removes your personal information and continues to check it to make sure that it's not going back up there. So <clears throat> I'm telling you, this is peace of mind that is worth much more than, than what they charge you for it. Uh, I'm doing it. You should do it. Go to officerprivacy.com. Don't wait for something terrible to happen to you or your family. Protect yourself right now. Officerprivacy.com. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the law enforcement profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. Unfortunately, this week I have three more names to read. The first is Deputy Sheriff Daniel Duke Trujillo, 
of the Denver Sheriff's Department in Colorado. Deputy Sheriff Duke Trujillo died from complications as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty at the downtown detention center. Deputy Trujillo has served with the Denver Sheriff's Department for seven years. Deputy Sheriff Daniel Duke Trujillo, Denver Sheriff's Department, Colorado. End of watch, Wednesday, May 26, 2021. The second is Trooper John Harris, Mississippi Department of Public Safety, Mississippi Highway Patrol. Trooper John Harris was struck and killed by a tractor trailer on State Highway 16 near Old Yazoo City Road in Madison County. He was making a traffic stop at the time he was struck by the semi. Trooper John Harris, Mississippi Department of Public Safety, Mississippi Highway Patrol. End of watch Friday, May 28, 2021. And the third is police officer Gennaro New of the Phoenix Police Department in Arizona. Police officer Gennaro New was killed in an automobile crash at the intersection of Cave Creek Road and E. Greenway Parkway at about 10.30 p.m. His patrol car was struck by another vehicle that ran a red light at a high rate of speed. The impact knocked Officer New's patrol car through a brick wall, caused it to overturn. Responding rescue crews extricated him from the vehicle and transported him to a local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. The driver of the other vehicle was also killed in the collision. Officer New had served with the Phoenix Police for two years and was assigned to the Black Mountain Precinct. Police Officer Gennaro New, Phoenix Police Department, Arizona. End of watch Monday, May 20, May 31st, 2021. Each of these officers gave their lives in the line of duty. May they rest in peace. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with me again on this episode. I'd love for you to share this podcast if you're listening to it on a podcast or if you're on iHeartRadio. Tell your friends about it. I really do appreciate you listening. And thanks for those who find me on Facebook and send me messages at the Voice of American Law Enforcement. I'd love to hear from you. And please, make sure that you support the injured officers of this country by going to thewoundedblue.org and reading about them, seeing how you can help. And I did a couple a couple spots earlier that you listened to. The Brothers in Blue Bash on October 30th. Go to their, our Facebook page, The Brothers in Blue Bash. I'd love for you to be there. Get to meet me. And I'm going to be there with my electric blue suit on, ready to party, and also ready to do some pretty cool awards to people who are really deserving of it. The Brothers in Blue Bash, October 30th. And if you are active duty or have been a law enforcement officer, you've got to check out the Law Enforcement Survival Summit. All of this is on our website, thewoundedblue.org. Check it out. Thanks again for being with me. Be safe. Be careful. Protect your family. And always support Blue Lives. Matter.